is there any pressure for you uh, for sex? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel any pressure? Do you feel any pressure? All the time. <laughs> Uh, she said, well, you're a sexy man, and, um, you know, you with a nice fitted shirt and some good cologne, it ain't fair. <laughs> and so, uh, wait till I get 70 and get my life right, you know, before I die. <laughs> Welcome to the Laugh, Learn, Love podcast with Mr. and Mrs. Mr. We believe in every season of life, especially marriage. You need to laugh, learn, and love. You're listening to episode 42 single or married is the grass greener on the other side part two are you ready to laugh learn and love welcome to the laugh learn love podcast with mr and mrs mr i am your host mr mr aka jeffrey mr right beside me is my wife of almost 15 years two kids <laughs> mrs mr aka dana mr and together we are the, the misters yeah. we have uh Bridget Stinger, officially known as Beagley and Stig. <laughs> and then we also have Pastor Quinton. Right. Today, today we are talking about single or married. Is the grass greener on the other side? Right out there. Submission, what comes to mind and how big of a role is that for, for you in a single life? <laughs> I'm going to let the pastor start with that. <laughs> yes. oh, I would say, uh, I think, I believe submission, first of all, we got to look at what the word actually means. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of times people think submission just means obey, mm. uh, and it does not. Uh, the submission is a compound word, the, the root sub to means to get up under, and then mission, right? So submission, the literal meaning is to get up under the mission of another. Mm. And I think that a lot of times men sometimes make submission. I need a woman that's going to submit to me, and then I'll ask the man, well, what's your mission? Uh, and if they can't look do the out. mission, then I will ask, you know, well, what is she, what is she going to be submitting to? Uh, because if you don't have a mission, there's nothing for her to submit to. And so, uh, I think we have to start with that. I think the other thing is that we have abused the term submission, uh, to mean blind allegiance and followership, right? This whole notion of rider, I need a ride or die chick. Um, I don't want to die. And so I'm not asking a chick to die with me. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Ooh. I, I'm looking for a mission partner, not ride or die. Mm. Um, so I, like I think the thing is, when we talk about what submission really is, the, uh, I do believe that as a man, I, I do believe that, that God has ordained mm. uh, me as the priest and the protector and the provider of the home. Mm. Uh, and so I do believe that I that there is a, a, a role of leadership. So I do believe that I, I do want a woman to submit, but I also want to give her something to submit to. Mm. But the other thing is that... Um, I don't believe that most women have a problem submitting to a man that they really trust mm -hmm. uh, and that they really understand the mission. They understand where you're taking them. They understand where you're leading them. And I think mm -hmm. the other thing is if you love, the Bible says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the sure. church. Yeah. And yeah. I believe that sure. most women, if a man <laughs> loves them like Christ loves the church, they would not have a problem submitting. I think when you when you talk about submission, I think a lot of times women have an issue with the thought of submission because they think it means I'm, I'm his slave. And, you know, like we got to break down the actual what, what we really mean by submission and make sure both the man and the woman have a healthy definition of what submission really means, what it is and, and what are we submitting to? Because there's also a part of marriage that is a mutual submission. Right. First mm. uh, Corinthians seven talks mm -hmm. about how uh, the husband doesn't have control over his body. He hands it over to his wife. The wife doesn't have control over her body. She hands it over to her husband. So there's a place of mutual submission, even in the bedroom, right? Um, so, uh, which that's a whole other thing, right? So, um, now put a quarter right in that thing. <laughs> 
So have me back. We can have that conversation. <laughs> no, we can do that. But, we can do that. Uh, <laughs> so I think that there is a place of mutual submission in a sense, but I do believe in terms of the man being the priest, provider, protector of the home. Yeah, but I, I do believe that I do believe in submission. I do want a woman who's willing to submit, but I don't want a woman who, you know, don't have an opinion. I, I don't I don't look at submission Woo. as just Woo. You know, the coming to a man, whatever you like. I, I'm not going <laughs> right? like, I don't, you sure? I don't you sure I don't want a brain. I don't want a woman who can't think for herself. I don't want a woman who you know, she only likes what I like. I, I want a woman that has her what own you? opinion and her own thoughts, but ain't combative either, right? Mm. Uh, don't argue just for the sake of arguing. Um, you know, have an opinion, but still understand what real submission is. Mm. So, Bridget, are you barking like a dog on nope, one foot? That's right not Bridget. Nope. Or, 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 like, even more in the real sense, Bridget, would you have a problem with him saying, you know what? I just like to have, I saw my mama have hot food at, at six o'clock every day. That, that just means a lot to me. Could you? I know you're working and doing your law thing. That's all that's good. But could you submit to me though and just have me a good hot meal already <laughs> made? Make make sure I get the big piece of chicken. You know how. I... <laughs> <laughs> that's not really what I look at submission. Okay. I think that's that's the issue mm. that a lot of women have with the word submission. It's just like do what I do what I want. And so um, I. I wanted him to start because I knew he was going to bring out the verse I was thinking of. I just mm-hmm. couldn't quite remember it. There it is. Um, you know, where it talks about wives submit to your husbands, mm-hmm. the husbands loving your wives, Christ love the church, yep. and getting himself up for the church. And that, I think, is what um, would make a woman submit to. You know, when you have that love for her the way Christ loved the church, because it all starts there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, is. You know, I, I'll be very honest. When I am dating someone, I find myself being a whole lot more domesticated than I am when it's just me. Like, you know, cooking, when it's just for me, I'll pick up something. Or I, I may cook, um, you know, once or twice a week. Depends on, you know, how healthy I'm being. Like, right now, I'm being super healthy, so I'm cooking a little bit more. But um, when I'm dating someone, you know, I, I want to... Enough to show you, look, yeah. I know how to cook yeah. and I know how to do these things. I'm a little bit more clean at home because if you want to come over, you need to see what it looks like. And so, um, so I have no problem with doing those things, but for the right person and for someone who truly knows how to, like you said, get under the mission because the mission is not just about you, it's about us as a unit, um, and, and how we can grow together. So, um can I can I submit? Ain't that plate yes. hot at six o'clock? No, no, no. I'm just trying to stop. I mean, here's the thing, and I, I fully believe that I'm not married, but I fully believe that marriage is a partnership. And so um, there will be times when I'm not able to do those things. But to me, submission doesn't mean um, here's my checklist of things I need you to check off all of them. Daily basis, if not, you're not really submitting to me. That's a problem. Yeah, and I will agree with that. Um, I think one thing I love about Christ and his ministry is Christ was a servant, right? That's what he did. Mm-hmm. And so I believe when you truly understand that that person, that your spouse is loving you as he loved the church and like he loves me, then you know that person won't do any harm to you. So my thing is mm-hmm. like I believe is uh, submission to me is love, right? Because it's like if you say if just say he loves me like Christ loves me, then I know he, uh, like what the things that I do for him is 
it's I'm doing it out of love. You know, I'm doing it because it's part of my servitude is what is what I do. So it's not him like do as I say right now, woman, or it's going to be an issue. No, no. my thing is because Jeff won't be at 2862, right? So I'm just saying like I believe when you truly like what uh, Quentin was saying, like if you truly understand um, that verse like it's, it's beyond us. It's like we're serving each other. Like we're serving each other. Like Jeff has went in there and cooked for the kids or cooked for himself, especially like long days. So it's we're in this thing together. And so I, we're serving each other. So, yeah. I say, had that plate hot and ready. <laughs> like a little season. <laughs> no. Jeff talks <laughs> a good game. He talks a good he game. Does. He does. He, he does. <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm super easy though. Like I don't even really like. You know how some people have to have something because they don't have the skill set. I think during my single time, I was always like, let me learn all those other things. So I was trying to learn how to wash. Let me learn how to cook. Let me learn how to do all those things because I never wanted to be at the liberty of somebody else having to do something for me, or it wouldn't get done. I think a lot of guys are in that place of like, you know what, man, if she don't cook. Well, they they would die like they would they would fail unless they were able to you know pick up some food or order some food. So I think mine was like I'm more interested in a partnership of I have a mission that I'm, that I want to get done like this platform like like all those things are part of the mission. So I think having somebody to help alongside to get that part to me is a bigger piece than having a hot plate at six o'clock. Like if it's not cooked, like I I won't even put like it's not a big deal to me. Mine is trying to keep it as simple as possible of 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 having a goal, how can we keep working toward that goal? And then just being able to say, anytime that I'm becoming complacent in something, like yeah. speak to me about it. And then the same thing vice versa, because there's a bigger mission than just yeah. that, you know, 6 p.m. play. Now, yeah. I do enjoy it. I yeah. don't want you but to I, but, but I do, and I would like to say this, because I did grow up with my grandmother, right? She did have three meals a day, right? But mm -hmm. my grandmother didn't work either, right? So I tell people, let's look at, you know, let's Bless look at grandma. the, I know she did. I mean, like my grandfather worked, but he provided faithful. I mean, he provided for her, but, but you know, she did wake up before she woke up. She made sure he had his breakfast and I'm not talking about no cereal, just no oatmeal. Like she was cooking yeah. like scrambled eggs and rice and the syrup, you know, the syrup and the homemade biscuits. Like she did that, you know, and she also made sure she packed his lunch. She made sure he had his dinner when he came home, but it was a different time. Now, yes, my family does get a breakfast on the weekend, right? But they're not going to get scrambled eggs and all of that stuff during the week because we're running, you know, so I think it's understanding my like, did it. But she didn't have to work. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, so I think it's looking at where you are as well. And I commend and, I, and I, let me say this, I commend the women who do work and able to provide those three meals a day. I commend that. That just does not work from our household. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like what your grandmama did. I think she did a good, I think she said a good model. She said a, a good model, which, which, which makes me think now about how this is something to a, a recent psychologist said that modern women have become defeminized. I think you kind of got to this place. And now they have embraced masculine behavior, chasing money. Your thoughts on that? I was trying to get the psychologist's Ooh. name. He said, he said, modern women, I'm gonna say this again. Modern women have become defeminized. And this is the this is the trigger for some people. So I was like, dude, we gotta bring this on this episode. We're almost, but they become defeminized. They have embraced masculine behavior in chasing money. So like you mentioned, like with your grandmother, your grandmother 
I don't know. I don't know what their situation was like. So, but I don't <laughs> So, like, he's saying that women have become defeminized because they've taken the role traditionally put forth by men in terms of working, providing, and all those things. And so, this is the, this is the, was the hot topic here, but in terms of your thoughts, do you feel like women have become more defeminized because now they're dealing with the work stress and those things? Does that impact in relationships? Does that lead to more divorce, more issues? I can see both sides in the situation. I can see the argument on both sides. I, I would love to hear your side of, your grandma was able to, she was, not to put cooking on women or something like that, right? But traditional roles. In, but the um, house, keeping up the house. Yes, yeah. and then, you know, more of the nurturing side for women and then more of the of the providing side for men. Now, if women are, are working now, then that money goes to providing or or the store, whatever it is the situation, right? But that that's time away from having to do things that were traditionally done. Do you agree with this, psychologist, that women have become more defeminized and they have embraced now masculine behavior Things that men used to do before now is typically, you know, by gender now in terms of that. Agree, disagree, your thoughts. So I guess, I guess that, that's a hard one. That's okay. a hard one because, you know, saying um, defeminized kind of does put it in, in a certain um, perspective that it is the woman's role to mm -hmm. do, you know, the cleaning and the cooking and the child rearing and all those things. And I guess if we're looking at um, things from a biblical perspective, the man was the one who was supposed to go out and do the laboring. Um, that was his, that was Adam's, um, you know, punishment, so to speak, for eating the apple. And so if chasing the dollar is, you know, that's a masculine trait, then I guess from that perspective, but maybe, but I guess the other thing is, I guess we have to look at why women have become um, more in the workforce. I think because men just weren't good providers the way that they once were. Mm. And um, it, it put us in the perspective, it put us in the space where we wanted, to, where we had to go out and, and make a living for ourselves and or children. And I think in that process, we realized how great we are, how smart we are, and that we had been, um, you know, in a way kind of held back for a good number of years. Long we realize our worth and that we are just as capable of doing things as a man. So I don't know if it's necessarily um, chasing the dollar, whether or it is that we're chasing our worth and we're just putting more time and effort into just becoming greater versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't see a problem with it, but I do at the same time understand that um, there are some things that women are going to just be a little bit better at, and that is probably the nurturing side of it. So, you know, some things when it comes to children, um, women are just going to be better at it. So, we'll probably be better cooks too. <laughs> precious <laughs> so, mama. I want to say precious mama. I want to throw out precious mama. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I don't see a problem with that, but there probably is some truth to the statement. Okay. You know, that, that thing about better cooks, I don't know, I mean, I make a sweet potato patty. Uh, that, um, I have el I have elderly black women requesting my sweet potato <laughs> <laughs> hey, Look, you I see, you had to throw in that elderly. He had to throw in that elderly. That's, 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 that's the criteria. You can't be a young microwave girl trying to get it. That's it. So, yeah, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Say this straight. 
let the record reflect. So, <laughs> so I would say, I think that, yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of what Bridget said. I think that part, we have to look at uh, context and generations, right? So I think one of the things is for two-parent families and households, um, it is harder for a two-parent household to sustain a middle-class lifestyle mm, on one income. There, there you go. So when you look at the cost of living 60 years ago versus now, it was much easier to have a comfortable middle-class life on one income. For most families these days, uh, unless you are you know, in certain fields, for most families, mm-hmm. it's hard to maintain that kind of lifestyle with children. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you talk about children, a mortgage, if you have two cars and that kind of thing, it's hard to maintain that kind of lifestyle with one income. So I think by default, more women have had to be in the workplace that even are married. Right. Mm-hmm. So being able to just stay home, be the homemaker, that's less of a reality for a lot of people, especially for black folk. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you look at the dynamic of income disparity. Right. Uh, when you look at the gap between what white men make compared mm-hmm. to what white women make that gap is much different from the gap between what black men make compared to black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, you have a lot of, a lot more situations in black families where nowadays the woman makes more than the man. Right. And so, you know uh, so I think that, that dynamic is very different. Right. I think the other thing is you have a lot more female led households mm-hmm. than you did 60, 50 and 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's both single households. So, you know, black women, have the highest rate of non-marriage of any demographic group in America. Mm. So, um, you know, so there are more single black women that just manage their own household than other demographic groups. But then on, and then, uh, then there are, you know, of course the single parent family, mm-hmm. um, you know, somewhere nationally, somewhere between 60 to 70% of black babies are born to single moms, right. right. Or are born to unwed parents. And so, uh, not to any, no, I'm not. This is not to shame anyone that oh, yeah. has, you know, that's not married, has a child. But I think it's the reality we got to deal with mm-hmm. and recognize that you have a lot more female-led households. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that women have been defeminized. I think uh, it's not, and, and, I, and I think you got to be careful when we use terms like that because I don't believe it's all been by choice. It's been mm-hmm. by force, really. Oh, for sure. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 totally. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, yeah. Right. Post-civil rights, mm-hmm. uh, there was a change in the black family. Mm-hmm. Well, even back to, you know, in 1964, Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote, you know, he, he authorized the Moynihan Report mm-hmm. that talked about how that the biggest challenge facing the urban center was going to be the decline of the black family. That was back in the 60s when this report was written. And so that, there's been data that talk about the state of the black family for decades and, and, and this challenge that is facing black families. And so then the other thing is, there, you know, there was on some levels where it was incentivized for the black man to be in the home, mm-hmm. right? Families couldn't get certain kinds of assistance if the man was in the home, even if they needed it, even if he was out of work. So mm-hmm. I think we got to look at some of the systemic things yes. that have contributed to the breakdown of the black family. And I think that um, we have to be honest about those things. So I don't think it's that women woke up one day and just said, hey, you know, I want to go to work. Wanna, <laughs> yeah. Right. We want to just run everything. Yeah, run uh, everything. But I think also to Bridget's point. Uh, there were some ways in which there were abuses of this, of, of women and, and, you know, years ago where women were, you know, just kind of, okay, you, you the whole, you know, in, in the kitchen barefoot pregnant kind of concept, right? <laughs> so I think that uh, there was times in history, even in America, women, women couldn't vote, couldn't own property and things like that. And so uh, some people stayed together, not out of love, but out of convenience. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that we got to realize the different layers that go into this thing. I agree with that. And I think another thing too, I don't like when people 
try to put terms on me because I feel like just because I work and because I have a career does not mean I'm any less of a woman and I feel like I'm becoming more of a man. Um, I feel like uh, I, I'm able to go to work. I'm able to come home. My home is clean. My kids are clean. They they bathe. You know what I'm saying? I make sure they take them to soccer and basketball. Now, is it more pressure for me? Yes. Why? Because of statements like this. Because it's like, oh, you know what? I have to make sure I do X, Y, Z, all of these things, plus still make sure I maintain my home, plus make sure I still, you know, so there is, I feel like there is high, and no offense to the men, I do feel like there are higher expectations for women because we have to make sure it like, and, and it's not only because of statements like this, but also because of things within our community. You know, I think I've even shared before where somebody even mentioned about, oh, Jeff, take care of the kids more than I do or whatever the situation was. And I was like, how dare you say you see, again, one aspect of our lives. You see him on Wednesday night with them at Bible study. Well, first of all, that is he is the father as well, you know, so and I'm at work. So it is a balance. It's a companionship. And we're doing this together. So I do believe there are especially from the older generational women it is for us younger women it's more of an expectation of taking care of the home plus work plus making sure you take care of your husband all of that but i'm like okay wait a minute i got in this marriage because we're doing this together as a partner i shouldn't feel that higher expectation and i do put it on myself because of statements like this but um and that's something that i have to work on but um you know so i don't like it when people make statements like that because i am a career woman but I made sure my kids and I feel like I should have to explain anything to people. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have to. But you find for me, I find myself like, you know, I do take care of my kids. I make sure they go on vacation. I make sure their clothes are clean. I make sure I do all of this, you know, and I, it, it's it's a lot of pressure. It is. So, um, so no, I debacle this statement that he stated defeminizing. No, we I doesn't make me any less of a woman. Or, uh, or I'm trying to become a man and take over and chase the money or anything like that. I think it goes back to Quinn point. And now there are certain things, and Jeff and I have had this conversation. If we did a one, you know, a one income, right? Like if we just said, hey, Jeff is the only person that's gonna work, but we knew there were gonna be some things that changed. Like, no, we wouldn't be able to go on no vacation. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, or, you know, we're going to, well, Liberty Land, we don't have Liberty Land anymore. We'd be going to Liberty Land if there was still existence. I you love know? Liberty Land, by the way. You know, but I'm just saying there would be certain things that we wouldn't be able to do in an afford if we decide to go that route, right? So my thing is, so you have to like weigh your balances, like, you know, do you want to live this certain lifestyle or do you want to live this certain? And neither is nothing wrong with neither one, but it's kind of like, what, what do you know? You have to weigh your pros and your cons. I'm going to jump in here. Yes. Thanks. Um, I think there is some truth to it. I think just in terms of just the nature of, of what it is. I wouldn't say all of it. I agree to what you guys are saying. I just think in terms of uh, like typically, right? So you have typical, you know, the different males are typical, females and whatnot too. I think in terms of being able to compartmentalize different things. And I think this is something that, you know, it's like, I think that like stress levels and whatnot too have become for men, right? Men have typically died earlier. Like most of us had our grandmother living way after our grandfather, you know, but from just, just what comes with that. I think that the truth part comes in terms of like women now have to deal with the effects of work and the stress and, and also too, whether that's self-imposed, whether that's from a mom or grandmother or just from, just from society, whatever, 
of trying to also keep up in the household. So I think that part is true. I think the part that that comes up is that where do we get the traditional pieces of of those things of who does what I think is is specific to certain relationships. So I think like the part about now women having to, you know, deal with the stress from work while they come home. If you have young kids too, as well, men typically before had to deal with that, but women traditionally took on the primary role of it. I think if both people are working now, it's both people getting into it. So typically those, those things that men would just experience, now women are also experiencing those things too. So I think it's, it's the fact of, of now, how do we pivot from that of balance of saying, hey, now you need some time or you need, you know, so it's just, it's trying to work through things now that, that typically traditional women like your grandmother didn't have to deal with because, you know, she was there. She still had stress from, you know, maintaining the home, all those things. And so now there's another level of, you still have the stress from home, but also stress from work that comes into. So I think that, that part is true. And if we're not like doing self-care for women too, in that sense, even though they may not have got, you know what I'm saying? Like now there's more of a, like those things have to be in play as well. And conversations have to happen to kind of get there. I just think that when you when you rationalize of those things, I think it's a trigger for people too. It's like you know, uh, let me read it. Uh, modern women have to defeminize. Meaning, well, what do you mean is feminized? I think that's that's a question I'm asking. Of what typically, and all of us kind of took it as well. Women feminized would mean these X characteristics. I think now men and women are doing those things. Doing both and so yes, yeah, so we're getting this So last topic here is in terms of of sex. How big of a pressure <laughs> is it for you? I know the last you gotta go home on a, on a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, y'all knew he was gonna bring up the oh, yams. Oh, listen, the, it wouldn't be Jeff if he didn't. So. Uh, I keep it. Uh, people love me or hate me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> get in line, take a number. <laughs> but I try to say what people are thinking most of the time because of whatever. So the question is scale from one to 10, will be one being not at all a, a pressure for me or 10 being the absolute most on that scale, being a pressure for me. How big is sex a pressure for you? (laughs) (laughs) Then the question you're asking, like, how much? Yeah, so in terms of, like, it could be dating. It could be just your own self-imposed things. It could be just from society. It could be a combination of all those things, right? So I'll give you a a real quick uh, example, right? So there is a part of mine, he's like, hey, like she's trying to, she's working on a relationship with God. He's like, man, as soon as I start working on my relationship with God, he's like, man, women are coming out the woodworks. And it's not like gremlins and tree monsters. He's like, these are fine, beautiful women. Like it, it could be women from the church. It could be women from you know, different places. He's like, ah, like y'all should have came when I wasn't trying to, when I wasn't trying to get the press off. And now he's trying to do that now. Now he's trying to do it. Yeah, right. now he's trying to do it. What a devil. The devil is being. And so... <laughs> And so um, just honestly, in terms of, of how much pressure do you feel, it can be from yourself. It can be from other people that you, you may be dating or talking to or just from from mom too. I'm like, hey, I want some grandkids. So, you know, whatever in the sense. So I hear from all, it could come from anything. Where do you, if you feel in the pressure, where does it come from? And then what number would you rate that pressure? Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, there's pressure for sure. <laughs> I guess the number probably a ten. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Like, but no, and, and I say that because, okay, so, you know, I'm on a celibacy journey or, you know, trying to whatever. Sure. And so, and that is difficult, right? For sure. And I guess when you look at this, this day and age, um, that's not popular. And so when you're trying to, you know, get in a relationship with someone and you're moving toward marriage, you know, a lot of people are like, well, of course you want to know that it's going to be good in that department. And you think <laughs> I'm saying a long-term deal. Because yeah. if you're saying this is forever, you don't want it to be, you know, subpar. <laughs> and so I think there's pressure in there. There's facial expressions, y'all. Get on YouTube. Just <laughs> for this part. There's here. definitely pressure. In, in that area. And then, of course, you see things on TV. Let me tell y'all, I watched Bridgerton, right? Okay, so we've heard, but we have not watched it, but I heard about <laughs> There were some scenes. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> see, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if we've heard about it. We've heard about it. Uh, Shonda Rhimes <laughs> for the show. I think. Yep, yep, yep. Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know how Shonda is. Shonda, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, this thing that, that we see on TV, there's pressure and coming from that way. And then you have some friends who, you know, also, girl, you better get in, you know. Yeah. And so, and then there are times you're, there's times yeah, where I yeah. myself am you like, look, look, like I know Jeff was that all the time. I'll wait till I get 70 and get my life right, you know, before <laughs> I die, then go on, go on the glory. And so there are some times where you like, all right, look. I don't forget you, girl. Yeah, Just go on and do it. Yeah, sure. You know, make yourself a, so. There's pressure all around, and so for me, it's a. I don't say it's a ten, okay. because there's um there's a little bit of um. I have friends who do encouragement on the other side of it too, for sure. Um, and of course, sure is is good encouragement as well. So for that, I'll say nine. <laughs> she took it out of point. She one, took it one out. point. It's good to have those people around you too. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So what's the royalty? Um, you represent too, Bridget. I know you want to, just in case, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> just in so case they listen as weird. So, but, yeah, so, so wait a minute. What you trying to say? No, I was no, I was trying to give a shot. No, I was trying to give a shot. See, I was trying. I was actually coming. I was. I was trying to give them to say, hey, you know, no. I wouldn't tell the guys like, oh, the Delta, that's what you want to, they, they, they right on the tip. You can push them over right there. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> that's what you're looking for. Oh, no, he did do that one video about the Delta. Uh, I did the, uh, yeah. I did do a couple of videos about that, which is still stands true. Still stands true. What a man went to her. Yes. He was driving by the guy with ball tires. Yeah. About to kill himself for that. Yes. What, was he, what was he riding for? I don't know. <laughs> but Quinn, what were you uh what were you about to say? What what how big is the yam? So how much pressure is for you? Uh, I wouldn't for me it's not a big pressure. Mm-hmm. Um I mean that's not to say it's not a temptation, right? Yeah. There's a difference between a pressure and a temptation, yeah, right? Yeah. Um so uh mm-hmm. it's not a huge pressure. I mean, most of my close friends are also preachers and pastors, so it's not like they don't uh, like all of y'all holding <laughs> holding you accountable. Watch out, watch out. Like, oh, no, I know you got some good ones. You got some good ones because there's some out there. It's well, some yeah. the right kind of preachers, right? Okay. So you know, there's some out there that's like I don't, I don't, I ain't, I ain't close friends with the ones that's out there just you know busting down everything. <laughs> you said it exactly right, uh, sir. Listen, uh, so uh, I think that it's uh, I wouldn't say it's a pressure. a pressure from that standpoint. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is in dating, uh, you know, women that they know, you know, kind of where I stand. Actually, some have. Uh, 
decided they don't want to date me because of my wow. stance. And I, I mean, I, I was, this is some years ago when I was, when we had, went out, I think maybe two or three times, dates went really well. Um, and, um, and then she just stopped, like, stopped answering and stuff. And yeah, I'm like, ghost, I, ghost. you know, like reached out for like, what's going on? Did I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. So she finally hit me back. She's like, you know, um, dating you is not fair. I said, huh? Say more. Yeah. She said, well, you're a sexy man. And, um, you know, you with a nice fitted shirt and some good cologne, it ain't fair. <laughs> and so, shot. Uh, she, that, she took a shot. She, she shot. Like, oh, 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 that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, um, you know, that was, you know, that was that. I mean, you know, I, you know. I, you know, they they say caught up the wrong moment. We might do anything. I was, I thank God, I did that at that moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, God, I got, I'm focused. You know, God, you know how much I love you. God, you listen, Jesus, you got to know. I, <laughs> I didn't know I had the Holy Ghost before. <laughs> listen, she shot a shot, boy. She was like, oh yeah, for me. Right. So you know, um, and then I mean, I, you know, even when I was younger, I mean, I remember, I think I was in my twenties, um. I had a girl that you know, she stopped answering after the first date, and, and she we had a mutual friend. I'm like, what happened? He was like, well, she was expecting you to know after dinner. She was expecting. Oh. I'm like, after the on the first day. Applebee's, Applebee's yeah, even good in the I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was the expectation. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I, I would say that um, that is, it's, I wouldn't say that it's a pressure, but it, it can be a temptation, and it can. Uh, it's definitely a, a challenge. I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, I love women, so you know, I ain't gonna be. Walk, I'm not. I'm not a eunuch. I'm not. You know, walking <laughs> around here you. like you know with blinders on. And yeah. I love black women, and black women are just gorgeous creatures. So Man, I mean, you know, I will say it never crossed my mind, or that I, I don't ever see a woman and be like you know and wishing <laughs> i was di- a different kind of person right mm-hmm, you know for sure i mean sure, i've had moments where i'm like god you know what uh, i wish i was doing different i wish i did not have this commitment to you right yes. and sometimes you know, yeah i wish i could just be out here you know hoeing and, and we are, right <laughs> exactly. so um you know exactly. it's different um you know and that's not to say that you know and I, I, I again i mean you know folks stumble and fall that's one thing but mm-hmm. Somebody just out there decide they're gonna bust down everything. That's a whole other, you know, like they just gonna smash a wheel. That's a whole different thing, right? Um, so I think it, it can be a challenge, um, but it, and it does help have you know some accountability and and good friend circles and people that you can kind of uh, keep yourself occupied. That's one reason I'm in the gym five days a week uh, <laughs> because you know uh, you know you got you got, stay, you got to the energy in the right direction, you know. <laughs> so. Um, you know. Which is working against you because that's what made her be like, "Oh, you wear the tight shirt." It's the catch So you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if I stay out the gym, uh, you know, just become ugly. Oh so, yeah. yeah <laughs> so you can't win. You can't win either way. Hey, you can't win. You know, you, you got to pick your poison. So. Lose, 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 lose situation. So okay, just any point for marriage coaching? I guess on the same thing. Is there any pressure? Is there any pressure for you uh, for sex? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel any pressure? Do you feel any pressure? All the time. <laughs> oh, hey. All the time. Again, it goes back to that uh, feeling that <laughs> obligation. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing. No, it, sounds, it sounds like it's a little pressure. No, no. <laughs> no, it's not good. No, no. She no. Think. 
But no, I mean, but of course, I mean, being married, you do feel like it's your responsibility to make sure your your significant other is satisfied only because, of course, you want to make sure he's satisfied. I mean, he or she is satisfied. So therefore, it won't lead to temptation outside the home. So, yes, there is some pressure to make sure you accomplish the goal and shoot your shot. You can shoot your shot when, yeah, you shoot your shot. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the reason why that lady went on. Shoot a shot now. Yeah, yeah shot. I got shot. Yeah. She shot it in. Y'all been clear. She, been, she was today years old when she found out. I shot my shot. I flared it. I flared it. They, we got to clear it on that. If we rewind. If you miss that part. If you miss that part. But question, uh, real quick, uh, for men's sake, I think there is, like you, like you mentioned there, yeah. otherwise, too. And it's just, it's dips and ups and downs. I think communicating the, the expectation, like we were in premarital counseling, like you got to write down. How many times are you expecting it per week, right? And so you slide it over like that, and you're like, look, flip your number, like, hold on. Or you know, it could be more or less. I've seen it on yeah. both sides to where yeah. because you know, it's different when you're first getting married and all of that stuff when you don't have kids and all of that stuff. And then you know, so that 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 number, of course, I think when we probably first got married, we was like, hey, seven out of seven, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's different, you know. We were 22, 23 years old, like you know, like you know, that life. You know, I've been eating vegetables. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep with the Lord. So, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but yeah, but missing that point too, because we also hear this and we kind of. But um, um, in terms of of hearing, you know, for, you got these ritual. So bitches in the water. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> She been drinking all this, all this. I was like, "Girl, what is you?" I tried to send her a little side message. Uh, so, but no, but hearing from people too, because that that becomes a big thing. If I'm not willing, it goes back to submission too, like you guys mentioned earlier. Of uh, not that I have to, but I get to. But also trying to work through, like, what did I see growing up? Because that has an impact on us too. Like, did you see any physical things going on, or was it shunned? I know the church sometimes does a role of, of trying to keep us, you know, like not pregnant yeah. and not in those things. And it doesn't snap off. That's what we're going to talk about too in an upcoming episode about trying to like unlearn things from the church that, that you know, at the heart of it, try to keep us from getting a situation we weren't ready for. But then if you take that into marriage, then you like, you know, sex is dirty, sex is dirty, sex is dirty. I mean, that's important though. Yeah. Like, because I've had so many conversations with people um, that, you know, grew up in the church, came from the church, that had this kind of mindset that, um, you know, it's like, okay, when you get married, it's like, this, you know, still sex is dirty yeah, kind of mindset. You know, that's why whenever I teach on singleness and marriage and relationship stuff, one of my favorite lines is God made sex and sex is good. Hello, started off. You know, I started off with that because mm -hmm. I want us to really reprogram ourselves to get out of the sex is dirty. God made sex, mm -hmm. you know. He made it for both procreation and recreation. Hello. And, you know, Hello. got the, that old church mentality that, you know, you only have sex when you try to have a baby. Well, no, it's for recreation, too. Hold on. Let me say. Hold on. God, <laughs> that was for, Let me bless your ministry real quick. <laughs> you know, but you know, the thing is, God, I believe that God in his wisdom needed to create something that was going to be so good that he knew people would just do it automatically without having to be prompted to Yes. I, and I believe that's the wisdom of God, right? The yams. And the other thing is, that's what submits the union. When the Bible says two become one flesh, he's talking about the sexual act. That's what consummates a marriage. Mm -hmm. That's why sex is a covenant act. You know, that, 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 that you know, so anyway, I don't want to. No, you you, you hit it. You hit it. No, you're good. You're good. Um, and I think uh, I mentioned uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 earlier. Mm -hmm. I think 
both singles and couples need to look at first corinthians chapter seven when mm -hmm. i teach on singleness and marriage i deal with that chapter a lot because it has a lot of of counsel for both singles and married folk mm -hmm. and one of one things he says in that passage is with married folks i referenced it earlier that the husband's wife does not belong to him he gives it belongs to his wife and the wife's body does not belong to her it belongs to her husband so i mean not belonging in the sense of ownership right but in the sense that you give a sense of a level of authority right. of yourself meaning that um another translation says that you know your that your aim should be to please your spouse you know um and that extends to the bedroom so you know <laughs> if you're in the bedroom only from the standpoint of let me do what i need to do and get my breakthrough mm -hmm. and, and and you know and, and all that no you, you need to bless them too right. uh, you know you're blessed to be a blessing right Hello. so um, Grab the for married folk. Anybody that's listening, this is for married. I'm talking about married folk. <laughs> I'm right? No, no, no. You're right in there. You're right in there. For sure. So that is it. No, no. I'm talking about for married folk, right? For sure, yeah. Uh, and so I believe that. And another thing, Hebrews 13 says that marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. Mm -hmm. And we don't talk about that scripture in the church. Mm -hmm. When the Bible says the bed is undefiled, that means it's not for you. Whatever happens between that one husband and that one wife, and I ain't talking about you adding third parties and all kind of mm -hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. But whatever happens between those two individuals, it's not for the church to police them. Because I've heard, um, I don't want to get too graphic or into certain no, things, but I've heard the church say, well, you can only do this thing. Oh, yes. I'll be explicit And I'm like, how are you going to police people and tell them? That's not biblical. It's not scriptural. Mm -hmm. um, it says you're supposed to please your spouse. And so it is not for you to govern uh how they please their spouse as long as it's between them and their spouse mm -hmm. now, if they adding other people in there yeah, for sure. that's different because then yeah. that then you are you yeah, then you're outside of it. adultery mm -hmm. right and you're, you're you're covenant breaking because mm -hmm. you're inviting other parties into the covenant but the covenant is between them and so what they do within their covenant is what's solidifying their covenant uh, but I think these are, and for single people, you, you need to have these conversations before you get married. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying, you know, go test drive. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I am saying you need to at least have a yeah. conversation. You need to talk about expectations. And you do need to have some conversations about your sexual past. Mm -hmm. Because if um, if you freaking Freddie, you don't you don't <laughs> want to marry Frigid Franny or vice versa. Right. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. That's true. Um, oh, you got to be honest. And this is why health is important. Because, you know, you got some young brothers that struggle with erectile dysfunction and mm -hmm. things like that because yeah, of yeah. their health and their diet and what they put in their bodies. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, so you got to have them kind of conversation. Do you have any health conditions I ought to know about mm -hmm. um, before you get married? Right. Uh, do you struggle with a low libido? Are you frigid? Uh, you got to have those kind of things. What are your love languages? So I think that these are important conversations to have, you know, before marriage, you know, because then I, you get folks that get on their honeymoon. And then, you know, one of them is ready to rock and roll, and the other one's sitting there like, I just feel dirty. Like, I mean, yeah. no, that, that's going to be a problem. Cause, you know, because if you don't, especially if you waited, yeah. my God. You know, heal that thing tight. <laughs> if, you have waited, <laughs> if you have waited and you get on your honeymoon, you are ready for the walls of Jericho to fall down. <laughs> shout. <laughs> Listen, with a great shout. Okay. Hello. Gonna be like Joshua. We we going to conquer the city with a great shout of victory. I'm club up, <laughs> you know, you ain't sitting up here talking about talking about. Okay, we gonna circle. No, no, we ain't circling the wall. We this, you this, throw this, that thing in. These walls gonna fall down. Listen here, okay. Throw that thing in a second. What you can do? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Look at Prince Prince. But this this is so important though. This is so important though because. Of, of what we've been taught growing up and it doesn't just there's some mystery that somebody has told us that once you get married it's just gonna snap off 
of what you either learn or unlearn or you learn in some of our sex whether you want to or not. And some of you yeah. internalize, like your name before. So some people just like, lay here, let me just let him get it over with or let me let her, like just either way. And it's the fact of like, now, you get in there, get in there, get in there, whatnot too. And so I hope that, that marriage sex becomes the, the goal of like, man, I want it, you know what I'm saying? Like I aspire to be in situations like that. But many times we get the opposite of, of married couples either afraid to talk about it, afraid to even communicate about it, or they have so many other things that, that convolute that side. So yeah, so. And I counsel, I counsel couples that say, you know, well, when we, before we got married, we was getting it in, yeah, you know, sure. two, three times a day. And then we got married and then it just, it all stopped. Like, why is that? You know, why are single folk having more sex than married mm-hmm. folk? You know, I mean, married folk ought to be the ones having all the sex and enjoying it, right? Not just, you know, not just as a chore, but enjoying it. That's what God gave it to to marriage for, is to be able to enjoy your spouse. And I think that you should be able to enjoy it. It should be, do it, I, I tell married couples, do it early and often. I mean, you know, <laughs> you should, you know? <laughs> Um, but again, I think you got to have some kind of conversations even before marriage, because like you said, you got to find out what's their mindset yes. about. It. Do they look at it as something that's dirty and nasty, or do they look at it as something that says, "Okay, listen, I'm doing my best to honor God in my body, and the Bible says, possession honor your vessel with honor and sanctification.' Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best to do that now before I'm married. But when I'm married, mm-hmm. the top, oh. and ain't no hold bar, right? So listen." <laughs> Right, you, 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 hello, right? <laughs> WE and everything. Awesome. <laughs> okay. yeah. Listen, so I think that, you know, but I think these important conversations mm-hmm. have, and like you said, the church has given people a lot. I think in our, when we talk to singles many times, it's so much of don't fornicate, don't have sex, mm-hmm. you know. No, then, no, no, or, no, no, yeah. You know, then we, you know, and, you know, growing up young in church, it's like better to marry than to burn. So you scare people into like, okay, I'm 18. And I'm starting to feel some burning. So now I feel the pressure. Maybe I should just get married. That's why a lot of people, uh, you know, I thank God that you all, mm-hmm. when they help it, that you have persevered. Because some people who get married young, they only get married because they want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And so then you end up having a whole other set of issues. Um, yeah, but, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I think we don't, we got to extend this conversation about singleness and preparing. We, As a church, we have to do a better job of preparing singles for marriage yeah. and giving people real, realistic expectations and 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 beyond just okay don't fornicate that can't be the only message to single people yeah we, yes. we got to move beyond that conversation you know yes. okay we established that right yes fornication is sin yes, yes. that's that but what else you going to tell them to do yeah yeah because i'm not i'm sitting in the room and what if somebody you know about the bus open out here this thing <laughs> um i don't hear from ladies real quick though just in terms of like what what what, what did y'all hear coming up did you hear anything bridget did you hear anything um about this, you know, like in terms we of... We didn't this. even talk, for me, um, you know, we didn't even talk about sex. So it was like... No, I would learn more from, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but I would learn more from like my health class and that sort of thing. It was just, I grew up in a single parent household. And so that was, it just, it wasn't talked, I mean, being honest, it just wasn't talked about. Mm-hmm. Sex wasn't talked about. It was kind of like, it, it wasn't not good. It wasn't not bad. It's just one of those things that I didn't have the conversation with my mom about it. And I learned more about sex and all of that stuff from like health classes, you know, in Mississippi in eighth grade, because Mississippi was a bit state that had teenage pregnancy. So they in- introduced like health awareness and that sort of thing in eighth grade to pre- prevent, you know, teenage pregnancy. But then it was more so they showed you all the graphic stuff 
stuff about the STDs and all of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, because, hurt, yeah. yeah, because again, it was like one of those things because it, we had such a high teenage pregnancy rate, mm-hmm. but that was because people were not talking about sex. People were not talking about, it is good. Sex is good. Sex is great. But it, it's it's great when you are in a biblical marriage. It, that, it just wasn't discussed, you know, so. And I mean, you know, it's just, it just wasn't, so. Did you talk about? Oh, you know, no, oh, no, 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 no. Did you, yeah. did you? No, my mom, uh, well, well, I guess she said, don't do it. <laughs> you know, that was it. Um, and and she she is very reserved. And so, you know, there are things that she just won't talk about with us. You know, we don't, we'll ask her questions. And I say, we, my sister and I will ask her questions and she doesn't like to answer those questions. You don't need to know that. Just don't do it. You know, well, mom, were you a virgin when you got married? You know, she doesn't want to answer those questions and mm. makes you wonder. <laughs> but um, I think, I think that, that there is a lot of, um, you know, when you're being so reserved, I think transparency is good. Mm. And so the way I see it is, you know, there could have been, I don't know if she was or not. She won't answer the question. She doesn't want anything that she did may or may not have done to influence what I do. Ah, everything that I do to be from what God has said. So I get why she'll tell me, don't listen to what I say uh, or what I did. And, but but here's the other side of it. There may have been some lessons that she learned that could help me mm-hmm. along the way. And so I think that there is, we should be transparent in the church specifically. Like Quinn said, there is some teaching that needs to go on about um, sex and you know how to navigate this area as a single person because the church they put a lot of emphasis on marriage mm-hmm. but there's no real roadmap there's no plan on how to get there um, and, and all the struggles that you have to endure and so then you hear you see in churches when I've seen you know in, in some of the older um, churches more traditional churches if a woman gets pregnant, then she's set down from doing things. Mm. But um, Watch and, out, man. You know, the man, when you when you can't see the, the pregnancy mm-hmm. on the man, you know, he's still allowed to do certain things. And so yeah. if there's a lot of shame in um those mm-hmm. mistakes. And so I think when you're not giving the proper teaching and you're only shaming someone, that's problematic. Um so I wasn't taught a lot about sex from my mom, from the church. I learned, and, and to be honest, from, from, from school either, I learned a whole lot from friends and from TV. That part, that part. <laughs> which was not the place to have learned it from. And I think sometimes that's the danger is that when, when, when you as a child or a teenager, as a you know, young person, you're learning this stuff from friends who don't know, know more than you do, yeah, right? Sure. Or from, you know, when now you have the whole social media dynamic, and you know, we were, that wasn't as yeah. much, that wasn't around, right? So I think that's a danger now is that, you know, when you start learning stuff from the wrong source, mm-hmm. uh, I think we do, that's why I said well, the church has to do a better job of being able to have these kind of conversations. And I think this is where testimonies are important. You know, uh, you know, some of these older saints, I didn't tell those that, listen, you ain't always been church mother sanctimonious and deacon, but you know, listen, you know, some of these older saints that talk about the young folk, the church mother be like, she shouldn't wear that tight skirt. When you look at some of your old pictures from the 60s and 70s, you had on that little mini skirt with the platforms and you know, you just can't wear it no more, right? And so that's only reason you don't. I think a lot of times- The original city girls. The original right. city girls. I had all kind of stuff going on, but I think we have to, uh, you know, give people uh, honest talk 
about, um, you know, their backgrounds, their testimonies, where they are, uh, where they've been, and um, and just really help people to know it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. You know, it's okay to wrestle through stuff, and then it's okay to have struggles. You know, mm-hmm. I think we, we are afraid of, you know, so afraid of people struggling. And you, like uh, like Bridget said, you know, girl gets pregnant and then they shame her mm-hmm. and sit down. Yeah, but, so the girl gets sat down from the choir, but the musician who got her pregnant He's still on the organ. Still on that and, thing? Not, you know, right. He's still sitting at the front <laughs> of the organ, but she sat down from the choir. That's yeah. a double standard. Yeah. You know, I always talk about the scripture when Jesus ministered to the woman caught in the act of adultery. Yeah. Well, and the Bible says that the woman was caught in the act of adultery, which I don't know how they caught her in the act. That means yeah, there's man. some peeping toms or something. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. but where was the per- You can't commit adultery by yourself. Hello. Hello. But where was the man she was committing adultery with? Yeah, he was like, he might have been in a crowd, right? He might have been one of the ones with a rock. He like, bust you know, over here, gonna tell my wife. Right? You know, hey, get her, get her. <laughs> but you know, who knows? And he, and some scholars speculate that when Jesus stooped down to write on the ground, he was writing the name of some of her ex-lovers. And, and, and so that that's part of the reason that some of the people dropped the rocks and started <laughs> leaving. Like, we good, so, we good, we good. Right, 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 right. You know? So I think that you know we do have to deal with some double standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. I was gonna say real quick. Uh, just, uh, we'll close out on this part. Is is the fact of uh, the same thing? Like 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 someone's gonna learn it from somewhere. I didn't hear um, my folks either, but like I had folks around me that were you know older or something like that. Like man, I just de- you know whatever. And so if you don't, then you're gonna learn it from someplace else. I think from a healthy perspective of of what it is, you know, just kind of grow. And wherever you are in a sense. So yeah. thank y'all. Hopefully, if you listen to the conversation today, we thank, yes. Yes. thank these This two. might be our two, three part series. <laughs> this is excellent. Um let them know how they can contact you. You have anything coming out, anything that you want to let them know. Yes. Do you want people sliding your DMs or not? Let them know because you know how this week <laughs> every time we have I'm I'm transparent. I'm trying to transparent. So this happens every time we have I've been a part of some people like, hey. <laughs> don't hit me up. Don't hit me up for the information. This is what they had. Is they do or not? So don't don't contact me. I will say this again. Do not contact me for the information. Okay. okay. <laughs> I guess this is the part where I'm supposed to give out my information. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, or and just anything that you have upcoming or mm-hmm. anything like you want to share. I don't really have anything upcoming. I just go to work and you know, I work for the great county of Shelby County government doing the work, trying to make sure that we are um, helping people as we navigate this pandemic, because it's been extremely hard. A lot of people have lost jobs and funding has um, come through once from the federal government. And we work, we have $49.9 million that we work to help um, businesses Mm -hmm. as well as individuals, you know, pay rent, utility assistance and things of that nature. And so we're hoping that with the new stimulus being passed, that some more money will come through so that we can be able to assist more individuals. And mm-hmm. so um, that's probably where a lot of my attention while working for the county will be spent in the next few months. But I mean, as far as other things, I don't really have anything coming up. That's good. Yeah, well, that's good. Oh, no, you don't have to. No, yeah. not, you don't have to have anything. No, so my Facebook good. is um, B Lynn Stig. I did change. My man, when I worked as a, a prosecutor, I was like, I don't want people to find me because of something. if I didn't send somebody away and they want to find me and kill me, they don't need to find me, but I'm no longer there. So okay. but my Facebook name is B Lynn Stig, S-T-I-G-G. 
and my Instagram is dynamic. Mm, okay. okay. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget. Bridget. Be Thank Lynn. you for having me. This was fun. This yes, was really it was. Thank y'all for being honest and real too. Yeah. See, let me tell you, this is how Jeff has asked me before to be on the podcast. Several I'm like, times. Oh, no. He caught me the day after I had my second dose of the vaccine. I'm laying on the couch, you know, half sick. And that's when I said, yes. He caught me when I was half sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did excellent. You did excellent. Thank you, B. Lynn. <laughs> you want to share anything? <laughs> sure. So Quentin Monfrey, my church is New Hope Covenant Church Chicago. Um, I, I, my Facebook page might be full, but uh, you can follow. If oh, you, uh, okay. All right. Oh, listen, the shots is about to be. You get, you get, well, you they get can support. follow you now. They can't follow <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. So it's, uh, my Facebook page is my name, Quentin Mumphrey. Uh, my last name is M-U-M-P-H-E-R-Y, not R-E-Y. So mm-hmm. just make sure you spell it correctly. Uh, you can follow my church on Facebook at New Hope Covenant Church Chicago. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at the only Q Mumphrey. Um, the only Q Mumphrey again E R Y on Instagram. And my church is New Hope Chicago on Instagram. So feel free, uh, feel free to follow me on either of those platforms. I do have a book coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be out around uh, Resurrection Sunday, oh. uh, and so somewhere in that week. Uh, called Thirty Days to uh, Radical Change. Uh, so it's a devotional, thirty day devotional with uh, daily readings on change and transformation. So awesome. And I also have another book coming out uh hopefully early summer on the subject of soul ties. Yes. Awesome. That's right. That's what I saw earlier too. Great listen. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome awesome okay. listen. Thank you too again. Round of applause for them. And yeah. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Y'all represent the men and women very well. Because yeah. a lot of things that they access you you guys naturally have experienced it or talked about it too. So Watch out, watch the DMs. Also, don't come to his church, ladies, in a short skirt trying to sit in the front. Now, like, let me see if I can virtual right now. <laughs> People be trying to get on Zoom. <laughs> so yeah, so every episode we like to laugh, learn, and love. Last portion is love is to is to see about yourself, whether you're single or married, ask yourself this question. What about me is the hardest to be with? It's mm. easy to talk about somebody else. Mm. So whether you're single or married, it's either whether you're married, you're like, oh, this joker here or me or whoever is not the right person, or you're single, you want to get this place, work where you are. So if anything else, wherever you want to be, you can look for something else, being content where you are and, and growing where you are. So ask yourself this question, what about me is the hardest to be with? If you're with somebody, ask them, because I don't know, you may be surprised at, but listen, don't respond. Don't No, it's not. You listen for it and then try to grow from that point. So let learn love yeah. with us as we get to this. We're we're live. Um, we have episode every Tuesday. So if you're following us on Instagram, mr.mrs.mistr, Mr. Mrs. Mr. on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all those things. Love, uh, you know, just doing this every time. So, all right. You want to sing us out? All righty. Okay. All right. I don't know if y'all know the song. Y'all know the song. If not, just kind of, you can Milli Vanilli. You can Milli Vanilli. All right. So, better if you got one, two. person today you're like oh my goodness are you single are you with, with some folks you, you gotta do this with each other but just saying this every time these three things especially if you're married or you're in a relationship or dating or whatever you each other saying these three things 
I, I like, like you, you. I, I love, love you, and, and I, I want, want you. you. And get a little, come on, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right, one episode, she was like, give me a little, she's on the, on the job. Well, it, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I paid for this ring. Show him the ring. I still got 92 more payments left on it. I'm just like, y'all, appreciate y'all again. Appreciate y'all again. Thank y'all for love, learn, love with us. Can you say something? I'm sorry. That's absolutely my pleasure. Oh, yeah. Thank y'all. Thank y'all, man. God bless you. All right. We love you. God loves you. There ain't nothing you, you can do about it. All right. Subscribe. New episodes every Tuesday of the Laugh, Learn, Love podcast with Mr. and Mrs. Mister.